is going on everybody welcome into another edition of the daily energy newsweek stand up here on this gorgeous tuesday july 4th 2023 as always i'm your humble correspondent michael tanner coming to you from an undisclosed location here in dallas texas joined by the executive producer of the show the purveyor of the show and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website energynewsbeat.com Stuart turley happy fourth of july my man Happy Fourth of July. I got to hand it. The more I read, uh, the more I'm impressed with our founding fathers declaring independence. They were some smart dudes. Yeah, they were. Some, they were some smart dudes. We hope you're having a relaxing July 4th. Hopefully it was work free. Hopefully you've got some grilling, some hot dogs, some friends, some family. So uh, we appreciate all of our listeners and we hope you have a happy 4th. Nonetheless, though, we will always be working for you, the fan. We have a great menu um, lined up today. The stories never sleep and neither do we. So first up, oil, EVs and big tech hit the ground running in the second half. Next up, 2022 inflation has silver lining for midstreams and ML. Peas. Next up, don't forget about 1980, folks. Inflation is not gone. We'll fly over to Russia and talk about Russia's rusty oil tanker fleet set sail with newer ships. Ooh, interesting. And then finally, most U.S. regions get D plus or below for transmission planning development, according to new benchmark report. Not good. Um, Stu will then kick it over to me. I'll cover briefly what happened in today's half day um, of trading and then uh, quickly cover what Saudi's expected to do with their uh, uh, selling price to Asia um, and what they're expecting out there. And then we'll let you get out of here and continue to enjoy your four, fourth, guys. But first, all the stories you're about to hear are courtesy of the world's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com. The best place for all of your energy news. Stu does a great job of curating that website. Stays up to speed with all the stuff you need, even on the fourth dashboard.energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all of your oil and gas data needs. Get that while you still can. Um, Go email us, questions, energynewsbeat.com. All right, Stu, where do you want to begin today's show? Well, let's start with oil, EVs, big tech, hit the ground running in the second half. Michael, this has got a lot of stuff you like in it, and that's finance and numbers. That's where you just kind of like hang out. I know you read numbers and then go to bed. Most of us get it, our heads scramble, but you love it. Okay, let's start with electric vehicle. Uh, Rivian at up 2.1% and Lucid up 1.7%. The crypto exposed stocks also rose in pre-market as Bitcoin hovers closely around the 30,000 level. I don't own any Bitcoin. Do you, Michael? Uh, no, I have a little bit of Ethereum, but nah, not much. <laughs> well, uh, I love this article when it says investors are tempering expectations for stocks after unexpectedly strong first half. Mm-hmm. So the banks is a big sign in question. Are they going to fold? How do they react? How does the Fed react is stuff that's not in this article. And so um, stocks, this is a quote from Nicholas why do we always have somebody's name I can't pronounce? This one is Pengitsugulu, a market strategist for J.P. Morgan, J.P. Morgan and Chase Company. Stocks have done well the first half of the year because U.S. recession didn't happen, said Nicholas. Moreover, he added, the tech trade has turned into a pain trade for institutional investors, causing them to capitulate the first back half 
creates vulnerable for the second half as it means U.S. recession happens, there would be an abrupt market repricing. What are you thinking on that one? Well, I think I think what they're saying is considering what the Fed has done, continue, you know, we've raised rates over 110 basis points. Right. Considering that the market has held up fairly strong and considering companies like you mentioned, Rivian and Lucid, electric car companies who basically don't have a product. And they don't have a car. Right. You can't really, it's hard to go out and buy those cars. They're not affordable. You know, give Elon Musk this. You go out and buy a Tesla. You can go on the website right now. And in a matter, as quick as you can say Tesla, you can buy a car. And, and boy, they jammed them out with 400, over 460,000. They set a record. Yeah. Yep, How exactly. cool is that? You know, Tesla's over $900 a share. I think it really, it comes down to, and I believe, and I believe this, and, and I believe this is exactly what, you know, our, our, our buddy over at JP Morgan is saying is that that doesn't necessarily give us good, you know, it doesn't, that sentiment, hey, it was supposed to be bad, but it was actually good. That's going to lead us to whatever your sentiment was for a uh, second half 2023. It's probably, it should probably, you should probably temper them a little bit because the pain that was expected wasn't necessarily here. Exactly. If there's this repricing that's due and it was supposed to happen in the first half, well, guess what? That means it should be coming in the second half. So it would be interesting to see how some of these larger institutions decide to play. Again, coming back, tying this back into oil, oil stocks are going to go as oil prices prices go. I mean, it's, that's right. fairly clear. Yep. Sitting here at $70, I think that bodes well for the larger oil and gas community. I do think if you could see that move 75, 80, you might be able to see, you'd continue to see those stocks rise, but, but, but those stocks are continuing to sit, you know, those EV stocks, the big tech stocks, yeah. um, the, you know, those high leveraged, high debt stocks, you know, they're going to go as the economy goes. So it'll be very interesting to see how things play out. All right. Let me throw these at you here. Here's some numbers in the lower in this article. I love uh, let's see here, Brent. Uh, let's see. Currently, WTI and Brent. What do you get those numbers for me as we're doing this? Saudi press agency reports that Saudi will extend the voluntary cut of one million barrels per day for an additional month through August. Russian Deputy uh, Minister Novak uh, says that he will reduce the oil supply in August by five hundred thousand barrels a day, cutting exports to the global market. Iraq's June oil uh, exports averaged 3.3 million barrels per day. Remember, we had an article a little while ago. Their target 6.2. Yep. Holy smokes. Kuwait has put out the fire at the Al-Zor. Boy, that's kind of nice. There's a little bit of pollution going on. That's not yeah. good. Six, yeah. <laughs> All right. So what do you think oil? Uh, you got some more cuts coming. Do you think that that's going to help uh, increase the price there? Yeah, but I mean, you also have to think you missed. Read the next bullet point down, Stu. Gold? Which no, the next bullet point on Indian refiners. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Indian refiners have reportedly began paying Quan for some Russian crude imports via our friends over at Reuters. The uh, the IOC was the first state refiner to use Quan for such payments. So that, I think, right. is the most important thing out of all these bullet points is you're seeing the transition from the dollar to other forms of payment. As we talked about yesterday, BRICS yep. will be meeting to decide what's next. So, I mean, it's scary stuff around the more. But I do think that oil stocks, if, there's, if, if you're bullish on oil, you should be bullish on oil stocks. It doesn't make a genius to tell you that, but that, that, that's the whole thing that you're, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. Sue yep. me. What's it, it, next? Okay. Uh, let's see. 
2022's inflation has a silver lining for midstream MLPs. You got some funny things on this one. Oil pipeline index sees highest rate increase ever. Most pipeline companies have some exposure to the FERC index. Companies could generate incremental margin, but windfall profits are unlikely. Let's get into this, some of this stuff here, Michael, and I want to ask your stuff on midstream. Midstream companies in Link and, and others actually are a good, solid, hard, because that's hard currency having that pipe in the ground. I mean, those are, but the uh, limited partner, uh, master limited uh, partners, that's a different kind of beast that you don't like. Well, I mean, I think master limited partnerships are crime syndicates, but we don't need <laughs> to necessarily get into that. Um, I think they're scams. Um, I Why think they're. Say that? Well, because you have a general partner and then all your investors are limited partners. And so you can, you can basically, the general partner has very little equity in the business and has all the control. It's a tax haven. So everybody who's getting into, into it is just interested in tax deductions. I mean, we like tax deductions, but this is on a different scale. And distributions are, you know, it's very similar to how like a, imagine a real estate or an oil and gas syndication. Imagine the way those operate, where you invest money, you're a limited partner, and then you get distribution. That's how MLPs work. Now, imagine that on a thousand, a hundred thousand times scale of your classic $5 million real estate syndication. Now your general partner has basically zero stake in the game, has an, has a fee structure that'll make you want to puke your brains out. And there's very little upside, especially in a public company, because what are you going to do if you're Enbridge? Who are you going to sell to? Who are you going to merge to? No one's going to do that. So again, I think I would avoid MLPs if you're an investor going out on the open market. We don't give an investment advice here, but I would avoid them like the plague. MLPs, or I call them crime syndicates. But tell me about them. We got okay. here the oil price index, which is what is. Tell me what this oil price index is. Yeah, let me read the bottom line here. The inflation protection built into midstream contracts and their fee mechanisms, which you love, is beneficial mm-hmm. for the space. Companies can potentially enjoy incremental margin if the higher revenues more than offset rising costs. But the record high ceiling rate increase this year is not likely to result in windfall profits. So it sounds like a set steady investment with very little upside. Is that what that described? Yeah. So, I mean, it looks like this oil pipeline index is basically the annual maximum rate increase for select pipeline. So you can't just absolutely slaughter um, your people that you were buying from, which is interesting because the reason why you give all the reason why these crime syndicates exist is because it's so hard to build new pipelines. Stu pointed out before the before the show. I mean, these people have they've got physical infrastructure. They own right. pipelines and at least you there's something tangible there. Now, the problem is we need more of these pipelines. We need more non-MLP midstream companies. You know, we need. Right. And, and the problem is they're all in bed with each other. It's, a, it's really the midstream business is a cartel of companies attempting to drive the price and the fee structure up in order to choke. I mean, I'm just go ask anybody in West Texas. They'll tell you what they, everyone wow. hates midstream. 
Got to love it. Let's go get us a midstream company. Yeah, I'm good. I'm go- I'm out of the crime syndicates. What's next? Let's talk about inflation. Great. Oh, yeah. Let's go to inflation. And the picture on the article is a bomb. You got to love it. Do not forget 1980. Inflation is not gone. Quite honestly, the Biden administration could not sell themselves out of a paper bag full of poo. There is, I mean, they couldn't even set it on fire and throw it on somebody's doorstep. You know how that old joke goes, you know, you yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nobody would step it out because they'd realize it was from the Biden administration. The economic and financial puzzle has more, far more pieces to it than people think. It's difficult to understand the market short term, let alone any kind of picture for the long term. Here's where it gets a little funny. This is why forgetting 1980 could be a big mistake. Higher interest rates are a key tool or what shall we say weapon in controlling inflation if needed to high fight high inflation. Um, I picked this article because there's a lot of information in here, Michael, and I firmly believe that the Fed is incompetent and is not capable of curbing inflation. What are your thoughts? Well, because they only have they, they they're they're so limited by the tools they have. All they can do is ju- is adjust the federal funds rate. They can't really do. I mean, they've obviously they've created this mess by quantitative easing. So let's let's just remember that they did get us here. But that's really the only <laughs> you know they have to invent tools. So I mean, yes, the Fed is killing us. You know, it's going to take some pretty intense financial engineering to figure out how to get out of this mess. But the first the first step is the Fed has to be disincentivized from wanting to pound the economy because that's what they want to do. They raise rates in order to increase the unemployment rate. It shouldn't be one of their mandates, in my opinion. Uh, You're dead on right. And and I have said this before on this podcast, the only way that you're going to solve inflation in the U.S., to get money back in is solve the energy policy. If you solve the energy policies, lower the interest rate, you'll stimulate businesses. Get out of the way of our great oil and gas. Get out of the way of our nuclear. Get out of the way of our renewables. I mean, even the permitting for renewables is crazy. I mean, they're killing the energy industry. Michael, what does it take to make anything? I mean, years. It takes years to get any sort of project permit. So I'm with you. There's, you know, when you, you are right, when you talk about inflation, it does a large chunk of it does come back. To they want to make our current energy production much more expensive to try to force us into something that doesn't exist. So, of course, we're going to experience inflation. Oh, I, I agree. But, you know, if anybody understands economics, I want to talk to you. If anybody has a better idea in a way that I can articulate it really simply, contact us. I want you on a podcast. I want somebody to tell me if there's a better way to stop inflation. Thanks. Quantitative easing quantitative easing just so okay we solved that problem next solved that problem what's next okay russia's rusty oil tanker fleet set sail with newer ships oh great the dark fleet's getting upgraded <laughs> <laughs> we can't go it's been about two weeks and we've talked about the dark fleet <laughs> okay in our in all of our discussions and both of our fans are out there and they they're tired of me talking about the dark fleet but the dark fleet has got some things going on for it they sold off a lot of companies have sold off their older tankers there are some 
ESG, not so friendly, old tankers cruising around the world right now, going between Russia, China, India. There's They are a Exxon Valdez waiting to happen. And, and so now they're buying some new ones. Safety concerns. This is out of the article, said Rebecca Guanalupas. Uh, Jones, a senior analyst at Vessels Value, safety concerns surrounding our older vessels is one of the reasons that buyers are opting for newer vessels. Boy, that sure makes a difference. One characteristic of a ship being part of the dark fleet fell to 15 years. As recently as October, it was 19 years. Um, That's huge. Five years makes a difference on an old ratty boat. Oh, yeah. And I mean, from from the technology, from the safety, from everything. So, hey, if we're going to have a dark fleet, they might as well be advanced. I thought you would. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, I figured uh, you would love this quote. Uh, Anoop Singh. Uh, he is a global head of shipping uh, research at Oil Brokerage uh, Brokerage Limited. Some ship owners are getting more comfortable with handling restricted crude, such as Russian flows, as they see that this trade is here to say, oh, I, I could have told them that. So they're now more willing to invest in younger ships that will meet wider industry standards for long. Mike, we have. Can I call you Mike? Okay. Instead of Michael, I've called you Michael for three years and it's like, I called you Mike. Okay. Now you have the rush sanctions weaponized against Russia that caused the dark fleet. Then the weaponization against the dollar has then caused bricks. So then you're now spending around. This whole thing is permanent. Yep. There is permanent damage to the oil market that we're about to see some crazy crap coming around the corner. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you're talking about, you know, earnings for these for these new tankers up over 100 grand a day. And that's up from 23,000 since 2017. But you have to talk about it's been a while. These ships have been upgrading slowly, but surely. So, you know, this is all around insurance. And insurance is a huge part of the oil trade. Uh, we've talked about on the show before, a lot of the uh, insurance for markets is in uh, the UK. And so in the UK, uh, everybody's going to the dark fleet. There's a lot of new markets for insurance companies. And then you have the China and India that are starting to insure their own boats. Wow. The whole insurance thing has changed. None of that is in these kind of I love this one. The old pot of old bangers is running dry. So a natural progression to that newer ships will be taken. What's an old pot banger? Okay. I don't know. That sounds like, sounds like somebody exactly a tanker broker would say that. (laughs) What's next? Let's go to the next one here. Michael, this one's kind of frightening a little bit. Most U.S. restrictions get a D plus or below for transmission planning, development, and benchmark in the report. Congestion is rising. Delays and costs for interconnecting new project are increasing and very little new high capacity transmission is being built. The report released Wednesday said. Ooh. Uh, read this one. California and Midwest are leading the U.S. regions for transmission planning and development, partly because they consider future generation and load in their plants. The Southwest received an F, the worst grade. 
Hey, uh, producer, uh, could you fly in that flag uh, for our video? Uh, there's a map of the uh, U.S. and you could see the northwest through the northern grid is D. Southwest Connect is a D minus. California got a B. I wonder who paid off. What Gavin yeah, must have. I was going to say, yeah. I was going to say, somebody, where's Americans for Clean Energy? They've got to yeah. be based in California. Let's oh, yeah. go find out. I'm going to go find what, out. Keep talking. Okay. Gavin Newsom took a shower, got all the oil out of his hair, and they're burning that for fuel for the summer. So that's how they got to that. Okay. Uh, Texas ERCOT got a D plus. Are you surprised? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm out of DC. Okay, go uh, ahead. Right. And then Plains uh, got a C plus. Midwest Mizzo got a B. Uh, New England got a D plus. And that's where our uh, national treasure, uh, Meredith Angwin, is. Mm -hmm. uh, she's up there and they got that one nuke up there. Uh, those people are nuts trying to, to manage their place. Mm -hmm. New York got a C plus. I know for a fact that that should be a D minus. So, now, here's one that's funny. Florida, the Southwest, uh, uh, Southeast region, F. -da -da -da. What does that mean? <laughs> it means run away. Don't, you, we literally can't plug anything in. Oh, no, it's, it's a disaster. And here's part of the problem with that, Michael, is because the number of people moving to that area from the rest of the country is causing problems. Yep. You can't have that big of a uh, roll through on that. Congestion is rising, delays and cost for interconnecting new projects are increasing. That goes back to our yep. previous conversation about two and a half seconds ago. Permitting. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. I just said it again. <laughs> permitting. Well, that's it for me, dude. We're going to get everybody out on a 4th of July. We're going to go blow something up and we are not going to smoke any uh, uh, firecracker. No, I don't trust people who will not be smoking firecrackers. Um, we had a half day of trading here today. Uh, we're sitting about 70.12. Nothing really happened, though. Natural gas dropped to $2.70. Uh, we will be back at it um, tomorrow, guys. So we appreciate you checking us out. We hope everybody has a great 4th of July. Don't smoke any firecrackers, as Stu said. Um, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for checking us out.